Always wanted to make your Ferrari the perfect Ferrari? Well, listen on. Welcome to the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And now your host, Andy Rasul. Welcome back to episode 16 of the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, then welcome. Today's interview is actually a continuation of last week's interview. Uh, last week we interviewed Elliot from uh, Sydney in Australia who owns an F355, a really beautiful car that won platinum uh, at the concourse events over there. And he spoke to us last week about his boyhood dream to own this F355 or own a F355 and how he was finally able to achieve that. And today we dive into a little bit more detail about the car itself in terms of what to look out for when you're buying a car, um, tips about what to do if you own a car, you know how to get your car from the condition that it's in right up to platinum condition, uh, because that's essentially what Elliot did. Show notes, as always, will be on the website. You can go to ferrarihub.com forward slash EP16. On the website itself, our buy section continues to grow. Um, our buy section is our listings of all vehicles that are available for sale. And we currently have over 350 Ferraris that are available to purchase. Uh, one of my favorites that's come on this week is a beautiful F12 uh, in Grigio Silverstone Opaco or Pacho. Maybe somebody can correct me on how to actually pronounce this. But essentially, it's a special paint in matte. Uh, and the interior is charcoal and Rosso leather and Alcantara. So really lovely specification on the car. But other recent additions, I mean, we've really had every modern car, um, new versions of the modern car available for, for purchase. Um, so everything from the 458 to the 488, California, California T, F12, Speciales, plenty of uh, different cars to choose from. As you know, we release daily articles on our website, and since the last episode of the podcast, uh, the podcast incidentally comes out every Wednesday, um, since the last episode, uh, we've had daily articles come out. So some of the articles that you may have missed if you haven't been onto the website, uh, on Thursday we had an article about um, the 458 Speciale Aperta, um, the top-down track specialist. On Friday, uh, our, part of our Friday Drool series, we had a beautiful, the rarest, as far as I'm aware, the rarest of all F40s, the Sultan of Brunei's right-hand drive F40, one of only seven. On Saturday, we had an article about Formula One. Um, Nigel Mansell was recently interviewed, and he said Ferrari must stay in Formula One after 2020. Uh, so we have an article all about that. Sunday, we had another model article, this time about the FF. On Monday... Back to Drool again, we had a beautiful 488 Spider in Nero with Nero interior. And there's nothing gangster about this car. It's a really cool specification. On Tuesday, uh, again, another model article. This time it was a turn for the 365 California 2 Plus 2. If you're not familiar with this car, it came out after the much more famous 250 GT Spider California. Um, but whereas with those, they're, I wouldn't say that they're common, the 365 California, only 14 were made. So this is one of only 14. It's a beautiful car. And if you like our articles and you want to stay up to date with what's going on, you can subscribe. Um, you can do that by going to ferrarihub.com forward slash subscribe. And you'll 
know about articles that are coming out and that have been out. So, for example, on Friday this week, our Friday Jewel article is no other, none other than a 250 GTO. So check us out on Friday, or if you want to know the best of what comes on our site, just subscribe. Today's sponsor is something that I get asked about a lot, and that is who I use for my hosting. I recommend Bluehost, and the reason why I recommend them is because I use them myself. They're incredibly easy to set up. Uh, they have a one-click automatic WordPress installation, and it really is as simple as just one click. You can host multiple domains on them. And there's no need to pay for any extras when you decide to increase the number of websites that you're hosting with them. They have outstanding customer service, and they're one of the companies that actually say, yeah, you can give us a call, which is kind of handy sometimes. Their performance is great. The speed and the uptime is seamless. It's, it's always up, it's always running. The control panel itself is very easy to use and they have various hosting plans and pricing, depending on what your requirements are. If you want to know more, just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash Bluehost. If you choose to use our link, we will receive a commission, but it's at no cost to yourself. And it all helps to keep the podcast and sites running. Now on to the show. As I mentioned earlier, this is actually part two of the interview with Elliot. So we actually just dive straight into the conversation. Um, there's no sort of hellos or anything at the beginning. So we're going to kick off now. So tell us a little bit about your car then. I mean, you, you ended up buying this car. And um, yep. you know, as we mentioned, it wasn't really, you know, you, don't, you didn't really buy it as a project car. But then you decided to pretty much touch every aspect of the car. So, you know, when, when you had a look at the car, first of all, what did you think, you know, in terms of where you're going to start and how did yeah, that story well, I, develop? Yeah. So driving back and I, I entered the concourse and I was uh, not expecting anything. And I, the car won silver at the concourse. Wow, so there's gosh. a silver's, you know, silver's like, you know, you, you actually scored enough to get an award. Mm. Gold, um, you know, you've scored higher and then platinum. So I'd previously been used to like my 360 won the overall. So that's like a consider that wasn't a platinum they didn't have that sort of judging criteria at that stage but yeah. it, that was like the highest award you can win so i'm used to winning but i was actually pleasantly surprised that my car won silver mm. and and from the the judges on the day were telling me because what i had done up until that point i only had it for about a week was pull out all the interior on the all the leather mm-hmm. all the trimming mm-hmm. and i just did a really thorough clean um you know made sure all the dirt was out of it steam clean the carpets because it had 10 carpets there's all the dirt over all the years cleaned them all up mm. and it was just amazing how it came up and i did all the sticky buttons in the interior so yes. that's the extent of it i entered it and i was almost embarrassed to enter it because it wasn't to my level right. and then when they gave me a silver all that did was light a fire under my you know, mm. you know it just like lit a fire and i was like if you think it's good now wait till next yeah, year yeah it shows the potential and that, that's yeah that's pretty much how it started for me so then i i had a checklist of things to do mm-hmm. and the thing is these sort of things take time i didn't want to drop heaps of money on it all at once i had to do it stage it out my first priority um was the engine out having not been done in seven years mm. um i was of you know concerned that you know, first of all, I didn't want to drive the car too much, knowing that those belts were seven years old and mm. things like that. Yeah. Uh, there was a fear of the unknown there. So I was, you know, and my mechanic at the time said, just don't redline it. And I was like, sweet. And, you know, I redlined it heaps of times on the way home. Well, that sound is intoxicating, right? So <laughs> Yeah, you can't help yourself. I, I yeah. bought it to hear that sound. There's no way I was going to drive home 300 kilometers without yeah. redlining it. Yeah. So... I kind of threw caution to the wind and enjoyed myself on the way home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and then I started stop, 
stockpiling parts ready for my first engine now. And I had, I had done so much research on it because I wanted to find the right person to help me do it. I wanted to make sure it wasn't just a belt swap because that's what happens. I'm, sometimes it's better to buy a car that's in need of an engine out service because mm-hmm. when you buy it, you can take control of that engine out service. When a guy's going to sell a car and he knows the engine's out, uh, engine out service is due, he might just think, you know what, I'll take it to the mechanic. We'll just do a quick belt swap. Yeah. Which means they drop the engine, they put a new belt on it, and they can say the belts have been done. Mm. But that's not good enough for someone like me. So when yeah, you take the engine I'm... out, there's so many other things that you can you can get into, and that's what I wanted. So I was actually very happy that the car had been not had you know a recent just a quick belt change just to get it sold. Mm. I could take control of it, and so I just spent heaps of times on the forums. I took heaps of inspiration from other builds, and just I just noted all the things that potentially were an issue, mm-hmm. and I just preempted all of it basically, and bought as many parts as I could, all new Ferrari parts, uh, heel engineering parts, all the little bits and bobs that mm. most people say are the must-do items on an F three five five. If yeah. my car hadn't already had it. I was getting it. Well, I, I took a very similar view with um, my 456M, which uh, we covered in one of the previous episodes. I'll, I'll drop a link yeah. into the show notes. Um, and I, I bought that car. I was aware that it hadn't had a engine out or it hadn't had a belt change because of the um, 456M, you don't need to take the engine out, but it hadn't had the belt change for a number of years. And I was actually quite happy to do that because for me, it was setting up a baseline for the vehicle. Um, you know, so I could, I know that, okay, I'm changing the belts, tensioners, you know, all these various other parts, the hoses, you know, and, and, you know, literally just made a list like you did, went yeah. through and, you know, over the course of, I can't remember how many months I did this over because I was doing it myself, um, you know, with a, with my mechanic friend helping me out as well. Um, and we, we actually made, um, a video documentary of it as well, which we've put onto YouTube. So I'll, I'll add the links into, um, into the show notes for that as well. But I did exactly what you did, you know, do everything that needs to be doing, that needs to be done, um, set up that baseline. And then, you know, that your ownership, you know, you've got all these things done and, you know, you don't have to worry about them. That's right. And I've, I've met heaps of people that do a belt change just for the sake of it. And when I asked them what their parts list was. It was uh, two belts and two bearings, mm. and I'm like, that's that's. <laughs> why would you bother taking the engine out? And and to be yeah. fair, when the engine came out at seven years, there was heaps of stuff to be done, but the mm. belts were fine, the yeah. bearings were fine. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's all the other stuff. So when it was out, and you can, I, I guess you could throw a link up to my thread, but there's yeah. about 32 pages of of things I've done, so we won't be able to rattle them off now. But yeah. Yeah. you know, the air compressor was redone, the new water pump. All the hoses were changed, like mm. every single hose, not just the ones that needed to be doing every single hose. Mm. The injectors were um, done, the, you know, the um, spark plugs, all the cam seals, the rocket covers, the oil tank was refinished, the plenums were refinished. Um, basically, everything that I wanted to do. And so it, just, the, it was actually a stressful time for me because I didn't know who to take it to. A lot of people that I talked to didn't have time for that sort of Mm. Uh, job yeah. they just wanted to do those quick jobs because it's understandable you might have one or two hoists and you need to do 10 oil changes we'd well, rather do that than do this one guy's f355 yeah um yeah. so i it took a while to find the, the right place for me to do it and the way it worked was i negotiated that i was actually going to participate in mm. the process right. i'm very hands-on i'm mechanically minded i just but i didn't have the know-how uh, or the facility to drop an engine at that at that time mm. so I basically took two weeks off. I own my own business. So I pretty much took two weeks off. Right. Uh, and they, while the car was there, I was just going 
from work straight there, like early, finishing early, mm -hmm. driving straight there and just getting amongst it, like having my brush, having my degreaser, watching everything that they were doing, making sure they did this, making sure they did that. Um, you know, we turn, you know, we painted the rotors. We did all the little things that a mechanic just, you know, they don't mm. get paid enough to do it. Basically, mm. yeah. I mean, if you yeah. if you had to pay someone to do what I did, it probably it wouldn't be financially viable unless you you really were happy to spend. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my obviously my engine out labor costs were high, uh, much higher than what they would have been if it was just a simple, you know, here's the parts and go. Mm. Um, but I was totally happy with the situation in terms of they gave me the time. They, you know, they took the car off the hoist we had it on dollies so they could wheel it out of the way so it wasn't in their way and i got to okay. town on the engine right right um so that that's kind of you know it just kind of snowballed because because of my high standards basically i'm very ocd and i wanted it right mm -hmm. and you know i wasn't gonna really enjoy the car until it was at the level that i wanted it to be and sure. so it was basically a, oh from that first concourse Right through to the the next year at the following concourse, I had worked nonstop on the car, and believe it or not, I was enjoying it as much as possible in terms of driving it while whilst it was. So as soon as the engine work was done, mm -hmm. I was driving it as much as possible. So that was probably once or twice a week, as much as I could, enjoying it. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, buying parts, making a list. Okay, the front bumper needs to be done. Mm -hmm. I need, you know, the wheels refinished. I need. All those little things I was – and then every week or every month, I was just getting a new list of parts and then installing it. So I was working yeah. on it, driving it, working on it, driving it. Mm. The following year, the car won platinum at the wow. concourse and it came second out of the entire event. So the only car that beat it was a basically unrestored, perfect Dino. Wow. So 246 GT Dino. So I, it was around about – I think uh, platinum is – it's 95 and above points. So it scored in the – very like very very high wow. above 995 uh, 95 points fantastic that's that's a hell of an so, achievement because you know to yeah. go from uh, silver to platinum in one year um and the, the thing is i mean it's it's such it's, there's so much work that goes and gets that is involved in it's, actually it's, getting a, it's an amazing amount of work and yeah. for anyone like it's not worth the trophy that you get like to be honest but <laughs> it's just more it's more the challenge of what like even like i had the tubi evolution exhaust mm -hmm. the tubi headers i had a different a capristo bypass valve i had the challenge rear grill i would change all of those all of those items mm. myself for the stock components even though they're you know, not not ideal that I didn't enjoy with I didn't enjoy the car yeah. anywhere near as much. But I just did it for that day. So right. I would take right. the car off the road maybe three to four weeks before the concourse is there. Mm -hmm. I would start the paint correcting. I would start removing any part that isn't OEM, mm -hmm. and uh, so I'd take the challenge grill off, take the bypass valve off. Mm -hmm. I'd swap the exhaust out, swap the cats, and all of that. Like to pay someone to do that, it's like it's you know, it's just not many people would do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the length that you have to go to to get to get, and then just you know, clean, 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 and just make sure it's absolutely pristine. Mm, wow, wow, that is amazing. That that's a hell of an achievement, I have to say, because. Um, you know, I know how hard it is to get a car to that level. Uh, not that I've done it myself, but I, I've, um, you know, I've just just working on my own cars. I've tried to get it to a, um, you know, something close to that level, and I know how hard that is. So to actually be able to achieve platinum and win, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank you. So Elliot, I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, some tips that we can share with the other listeners. Um, you know, particularly the owners of the F three five five. And uh, you've got quite a lot of experience um, with 
your own car and um, you know over the over the years now with others so um, do you have any particular tips you can share with us yeah I do I mean we spoke about this and you kind of wanted about eight or ten tips so I kind of put together a little bit of a checklist of things that I I would do for my own car and hopefully uh, the listeners would find it helpful for their own yeah that sounds um, great the, yeah, the first thing that I like to do with a car uh, is to make sure the interior is a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally, you buy a car that has, you know, that's been well looked after. But maintaining that is is the key thing. So the leather, especially on the F three five five with the Connolly hide, mm. it's a very very delicate. Uh, it's a beautiful leather, um, but you need to keep it keep it in good condition. So as part of my maintenance mm-hmm. i would condition and clean the leather every three to six months depending on the climate and obviously mm. how much you use the car and my recommendation through all the products that i've used is um leathery so use the leathery two-step process and that keeps the leather in, ju- in just really good shape okay all right that's interesting i mean i um I, i'm not familiar with that product but i mean um you know, obviously, based on your recommendation, it sounds like a good one. Is that sort of internationally available? Do you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I picked that. I got that recommendation through the forums, and I've used a lot of products. But that stuff, it is a little bit uh, tedious in terms of the process. You have to apply an oil, let the mm-hmm. oil sit, and then you have to remove the oil with the uh, secondary step. Mm-hmm. But the results are just uh, are just really worth the effort. Cool. Okay. Brilliant. Well, that's, that's, that's good. I totally agree with that because um, I used to have a detailing company and uh, uh, we used to use Zymol products, which are sort of quite high end as well. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes a world of difference. So good, good, good tip. What's next? Yeah. The second one, I, you know, everyone talks about the engine out as being a big deal. And mm. uh, Ferrari, you know, there's always debate about how, how long you should go between the services. But I think you should do the engine out less often, mm-hmm. uh, but more thoroughly when you do it. So okay. my engine out uh, in in June will be three years since I completed it, but I don't intend to take the engine out uh, in June at the three-year mark, purely okay. because of the extent of which I did the major service last time. Mm. Okay. Um, so I, I, I prescribe to the five-year uh, interval um, and when I do the engine out I won't just change the belt so I'll do the bearings mm-hmm. so, and I'll use the hill tensioner bearings yeah. and I will also change the hydraulic tensioners because that's often overlooked so people will change the belts and possibly the bearings mm. but the hydraulic tensioners is what keeps the belt under constant, uh, constant tension so mm. I think that's often overlooked yeah 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 no it's a good point it's a, it's a very good point actually um, yeah. Am I right in thinking that the the period required for the belts out service differs from um, country to country? Is is that right? The three and the five years? I'm not too sure about that, but okay. there's, they, they've, they've updated the you know Ferrari's updated the service bulletins and things like that over the years to mm. uh, with different sort of time frames. But in Australia, the the general you know from the mechanics is around three years. Right. Okay. But again, most people just change their drop the engine, change the belt. So, mm. you know, as you, I think we covered it, but in my major, you know, I rebuilt the aircon, did all the coolant hoses, did the water pump, uh, serviced the fuel injectors, 
did all the cam seals, refinished, yep. you know, that that's a, a very, very thorough major. And therefore, you're probably not going to need to drop it again in three years. You're probably just yeah. wasting your money doing that. Yeah, no, fair enough. Good point. Okay, great. Um, tip number three. You got to drive the car regularly and don't let it sit. Mm. So I try to drive my car as often as possible, which is generally once a week. And uh, I warm the car up before exercising the engine in the upper RPM ranges. But mm -hmm. I think it is important to make sure that the car is driven as it's designed to be driven, which is you've got to warm it up and then don't be afraid uh, to take it up there because mm. it's designed to do so. And I think the car runs better um, when you do that. Okay, no, fair enough. I mean, here in London, unfortunately, the roads are just so bad, you don't get an opportunity to do anything uh, unless you sort of step out in the country. Um, how are the roads in uh, in and around Sydney? Uh, you know, I guess it's more or less the same, probably a, a little bit better mm. than London. Um, I mean, yeah, I just think you just got to get out there and enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about the F355 is it's not super, super quick. I mean... If I've driven a lot of cars, Specialis, 458s and things like that, you can't really enjoy those on Sydney roads, mm. um, you know, without doing stupid speeds. Yeah. But um, the, the, the 355 is enjoyable, you know, first to second gear, you mm. know, um, mm. and that's, that's I think, the charm of that sort of car. Very true. Very true. Okay, great. What, what's next? I'll definitely keep a yearly allowance for maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's very important because there are going to be things that come up, and the idea is, let's say you put aside, you know, three thousand, five thousand dollars a year for maintenance, whatever it may be. It might be two thousand mm. uh, dollars, and whatever you don't spend in a single year, you just roll that over to the following year okay. to cover any unexpected surprises. And if you do that, you're not really going to have any issues where something's going to come up and it's really going to upset you because you've put aside the money. And inevitably, something's going to occur along the line. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's good advice, actually. And I remember when uh, these cars were quite cheap. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the 355 in the UK dropped down to about 30K at one point, at £30,000. Yeah. And, um, you know, in comparison, it's the price of a brand new BMW, for example, a brand new BMW 3 Series. Um, yeah. And people were buying these cars and they just weren't spending money on the maintenance. Um and I think the maintenance is really important, obviously, for, you know, looking after a car. But, you know, it, it, it sort of prevents so many other mechanical problems in the future. Um, so definitely, that's good. Good idea. Yeah. The um, the next tip I would have is, like, a lot of the people I've met, you know, since owning uh, the car, mm. they have the, you know, the, a 355, but they don't even realize that it's not running properly. Okay. So... I would, you know, that's the good thing about networking. You, you meet people, find a car or know what a good F355 sounds and drives like. Mm -hmm. um, and that will help identify any issues with your own car because there might be a period of time between visits to a mechanic that really knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And in that time, things could be happening with the car. So uh, I've seen a lot of people, you know, they think their car sounds great, but their bypass valve, uh, which is a critical component in the exhaust, isn't working properly. So mm -hmm. they're not getting the full effect of this, you know, the sound or, you know, they've got a misfire that they, they haven't even diagnosed. Uh, right. So the car's not running optimally or even things like most of the 355s I've driven, sh the suspension in particular mm -hmm. needs attention. So 
you know, being 20-something years old, the dampers uh, need a rebuild. And the owners sometimes just don't even realize that their car could be performing that much better Yeah, had they, had they you know, had experience in a car that's properly sorted. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think know, know what a good car sounds and drives like is, is critical. Um, you know, there's no point if you're going to buy one and you haven't had experience test driving it. What are you benchmarking it against? And that's yeah. what I think is very important. If you had someone with a know-how has driven quite a few of them, they know uh, what a good car looks, sounds, and, and drives like. Mm. Yeah, no, very, very valid point. Um, I remember a friend of mine, he was looking for a 456 and he went and drove one. And um, the 456, they come with the self-leveling suspension. And if the rear dampers are leaking, which happens very often, um, yeah. the, the suspension setting goes to the highest setting and it just bounces. Um, yeah. So he drove it and said, oh, I didn't like the drive. It was just way too soft. And I said, well, you do realize that that had a suspension problem um, and they don't actually drive like that. So, yeah, very valid point. I mean, I imagine a lot of owners out there, because they don't actually drive their cars so often, you know, they may not realize that there's issues there. So definitely a good idea. Yeah. And um, the the other thing that I think is important is a lot of people, especially when, you know, they were in the, on the cheaper end, they're mainly focusing on what the car looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're happy to spend on like repairing stone chips or painting the bumper. But there's all those other things that most people neglect and, and they're often overlooked. So especially areas, as we mentioned, like the suspension, mm-hmm. um, the, that is very important, especially on a car like my car is almost 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So... On, on any normal car of, you know, of that sort of age, things like suspension bushes, uh, maybe the shocks and all those sort of things may or may not need attention. Um, and also when I purchased the car, it had, you know, what was described as, you know, brand new tires, like sort of like, you know, 90% tread and there were 90% tread. Mm. The problem was they were already eight years old. Yeah. So, you know, things like tires, they should be changed regardless of, they just time out. So yeah. five years is what you should be looking at as a mm-hmm. maximum for the tire. Mm-hmm. Um, and also making sure your cooling system, your air conditioning system, all those sort of, all those other systems in the car that make the car enjoyable and reliable to drive mm-hmm. are in tip top shape. So not just focusing on the cosmetics, but making sure suspension, braking, cooling, mm-hmm. um, they're all sorted and then you'll be able to enjoy the car. A lot more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, as you were saying it, as you started off this segment now, I I was thinking about the tyres um, and I'm glad you brought that up because it was one of the things that I did with my car. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I looked at the tyres. They were obviously, you know, they were still legal in terms of the tread, yeah. but, you know, way out of date. So I just ordered a set of four, changed the tyres and it just drove so much better. Um, and it gave me that peace of mind that, you know, I was going to the continent, so I was going to be doing high speeds and, you know, I knew that, you know, at those high speeds, my tires wouldn't blow out. You know, I wouldn't have a problem with them. You know, there's no point in taking risks on something that is relatively cheap, you know, when, when it comes down to it. Um, and, and and all the other points that you mentioned as, as well. I mean, I, I'd spoken about this also in my 456 video, uh, sorry, uh, podcast, um, about changing the fluids and just, just getting everything right, you know. Um, makes such a big difference to the way that the car drives. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I so say... I think the the last point I'd like to make um, is you have to network with other owners mm-hmm. um, because you know the the encouragement and camaraderie makes the ownership more enjoyable. Mm. I mean, I, I find the best drives that I have uh, with fellow owners. Uh, it even, it only has to be one other car, but just when 
you, you know, especially I love driving with another F three five five. So yeah, when you because you can see what your car looks like on the road, <laughs> and you can, you know, you yeah. can you can both hear each other's cars because they definitely sound uh, they sound great in cabin, but they also sound great outside the car. So you're getting it's just a lot more enjoyable sharing that experience. And when you pull up at a set of lights and you're both grinning ear to ear, mm. that's what it's all about. And then you can. You can share stories. I mean, it, it's not always smooth sailing with these sort of cars. I mean, you have to sometimes be hands-on and yeah. there's, some, there's highs yeah. and lows of ownership. And I think just sharing those experiences and I've had a lot of people that supported me over the time. Um, I've got a lot of good friends from cars, especially uh, with Ferraris. And and some of them are you know, master technicians. And it's just great to, to get some information and to share stories and just find out what they've done on their cars to get it. In and you just draw inspiration from them, yeah, uh, and encouragement. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's the that's the that's the amazing thing I found with the Ferrari community is that people are just car people, uh, regardless yeah. of their backgrounds. You know um, how old they are. You know what profession they're in. Um, you know you you have you know you have people who own Ferraris who you know literally they've had to save up a lot of money. It's it's a big commitment, financial commitment for them. And you have other yeah. people in the community who have a you know a great collection of cars, but put them together and they you know everybody can have you know great conversation with each other um, just simply because they're all car people and uh, yeah. I, I I you know I love that about the Ferrari community um, and so definitely uh, you know highly recommend anybody who's looking to buy a Ferrari whether it's an F three five five or any other model you know do get involved with the community in your area. So, um, so yeah, so now you have the 355. I mean, uh, are there still things that you're doing on the vehicle? Um, I mean, at, at this point, like in time, I've got, uh, I think it's at a point now where I'm just enjoying it. Okay. Uh, and I took it out for a drive today. And, you know, I'd recently, and I've got it all in the thread, but I recently changed from a Tubi Evolution exhaust to a Capristo, which mm. is what basically everyone on the forums and basically everyone knows that's, you know, pretty much... The bee's knees. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the exhaust to have if you if you well, want to. What, what do you think now that you've made that change? Oh, they're definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was there was elements of the tube that were really good. And I I just didn't think it might uh, it might not be worth the the investment because the Capristo the tube evolution came with the car, so I didn't actually have to outlay any money to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Capristo was about five thousand eight hundred dollars. Uh, just for the exhaust. So it's like, you know, right. you have to make the decision. I've got a car that already everyone tells me sounds amazing. Mm. In Into my ears, it does sound amazing. Yeah. Do I want to spend that bit of cash mm. uh, on something that may or may not be better? Yeah. But anyway, I took the plunge. I bought it because I just didn't want to die wondering. I, I, everyone talks about the Capristo. And after today's drive, I mean, once you fit that and you go into a tunnel, mm. there, there's nothing that can touch that car in terms of the the sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and true. Even the modern cars with, now, yeah. and you know, uh, unfortunately, I guess you know, to, from an oil perspective, you know, the four eight eight GTB um, that has, you know, the twin turbo engine, um, yeah, and something's a little bit lost there. But you know, just you know, all the vehicles after the F three five five because the F three five five had five valves per cylinder, um, mm. you know, the the sound of it, it sounds like an F one car. And yeah. I don't think that there's been a car since then. Perhaps a challenge Shadale to some extent. Um, yeah. But well, the thing know. is, the 360 has a five valve per cylinder engine as well. 
it's the yeah. it's exactly the same block basically it's just bored out for you know the displacement right. but the thing that gives it the sound is the unique exhaust setup mm, okay. and the in individual throttle bodies so the the 360 has a totally different setup in terms of the bypass valves and and the pathways mm -hmm. so it's it's just it's just very unique to that car so even though the five a lot of people put it down to the five valve per cylinder mm. but that the 360 has that and it doesn't sound anything like that it's just down to there's emissions laws there's all these factors that mean that the f355 is just not repeatable yeah 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 that's you true know? that's yeah. true well I, I wasn't aware of that so i uh, learned something new there thank you no worries um but yeah i mean it's it's definitely a, it's a, it's a car that you know as you mentioned will probably never be able to be repeated again you know it's um and you know the, the, it's it's nice to see that they're going they're creeping up in value as well i imagine it's the same in australia but um you know certainly oh, they've, over here they've in... definitely shut up a lot here so mm. yeah I, I wouldn't be able to pick one up for what i did now and it, the good thing is it's justified my investment of time and money into the car because mm. if the car was still declining in value and yeah i mean i've already spent i think i wouldn't be able to say the whole figure because my wife's probably going to listen to this but um <laughs> you know a, a, like a tidy sum almost, yeah <laughs> at, you know at least a third of the initial purchase price again on on parts right. and, and if you factor in most of the labor was done by me which has been zero cost mm. um you know if for anyone else that's not hands-on the it could skyrocket you could another 50 percent of the purchase price could be added to a to a restoration at least yeah, of yeah, the car. Yeah. So it, it, I think that's that's the only reason I like talking about values is it means that um, the cars probably will start getting the love that they deserve, you know, because yeah. when they were sitting around uh, in Australia at the low hundreds, like $100,000 Australian dollars, that was like considered like on the cheaper end. Um, and that's when, you know, almost anyone, oh, I want to get a Ferrari, I'll just grab an F355 or whatever it is. Mm. And they just don't have, they have the means to buy the car, but not to maintain the car. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, you get a few of those owners through that car. And then unfortunately, when one guy like me gets it who's super passionate, mm. they might be in for a rude shock because there's a huge amount of deferred maintenance. Yeah. Um, and again, that probably wasn't the case in mind. I know the engine wasn't out, uh, done in seven years, but it had very uh, frequent Ferrari servicing that, you know, the guy, it was no cost spare. Um, but it was all the little things that, that I did. So deferred maintenance, like things like if he had scratched rims for me, I just can't deal with that. Yeah. So I yeah. had to, I had to refinish all the wheels. I mean, for anyone else, maybe that's a $2,000 expense that they wouldn't have to incur. Mm. Um, you know, my headers on the F355, they're known to blow. My headers were fine. I, we smoke tested them, but mm. in the back of my mind, I wasn't happy with, headers that would potentially fail. So I went out and bought the best headers you can buy, which right. are the tubey ones. Right. Uh, and I just, and so when I drive the car now, I have peace of mind that it's going to get me there and get me back. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. I mean, you mentioned about your, um, you know, your expense on the parts and the, the cost of, of doing a project like this. And, um, you know, I remember with, with my 456M, I mean, you know, again, my labor cost was pretty minimal because, you know, I was paying my friend for his time. Um, but yeah. a lot of the work I was doing myself. Uh, so I think yeah. he actually felt a little bit guilty about even charging me for some of the time he was spending because, you know, although he was there, it was me. He was doing actually a lot of the handwork. Um, yeah. But I still managed to rack up a huge bill in, in terms of the parts that I was. Um, but then I was getting everything done, you know, similar to yourself. You know, you know, the, it wasn't it started off as an engine service. Um you know, with cam belts, and then you know, it's like, okay, let's do the shocks, let's do this, let's do that. You know, 
it doesn't sound right let's put a tube on it you know all these sorts of things and you know suddenly yeah. i've um you know amounted a uh, sort of a huge bill of you know over over twenty thousand dollars um in the end yeah. because i you know i had a crack on the bumper on the bonnet and the bonnet on my car was a one-piece carbon fiber bonnet so you know that in itself brand new from ferrari they're not available anymore but brand new they were i think about eight and a half thousand pounds you know yeah um so when i found one second hand i snapped it up you know so all these sorts of things um you know it's it's, of easy, course. it's easy to um to see the bills mounts um but, yeah but, that's why i think these cars should end up in the hands of you know, the best hands is a passionate Tafosi, I guess, or someone mm. who's, you know, they're really passionate about it. I mean, does, does my car need two tiger roofs? I mean, I have the black one, mm. and most people would just respray it, but I couldn't do that to the original roof. So sure. I had to source a spare one that I painted red. So now I've got two roofs. Right. You know, right. like, do, did I need to incur that expense? No. Mm. But, yeah. I, you know, it's just it's how it is. So yeah, it's, it's only A lot of it's, I, I won't go around touting how much I spent mm. uh, and making people feel sorry for me. I mean, it's mostly self inflicted. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, the car was driving fine. Like, even with the engine not being done for seven years, the car was perfect. Mm. There was yeah. nothing, there was nothing wrong with the car. Even uh, most of the headaches I, caused uh, were you know with me stuffing around with it in terms of the exhaust stuff because i was mm. so um particular about getting a certain sound from the car cats no cats different bypass valves different headers mm. just trying all sorts of combinations to get there and that that took a lot of time and effort and if you're you know in componentry like i went through i think four different sets of cats or test pipes on the car just to get the right sound well and most gosh. people are going to not do that mm. well you know so I can't really include that in my costs, you know, like into like, a lot of it's self-inflicted. It's not down to the F355 being a maintenance hog. No, 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 no. I, I agree. Elliot, it's been fascinating talking to you and, and hearing about your car. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it's one of my all-time favorites and, uh, you know, it's certainly one that I hope to own in the future. Um, and it, it's great to, to sort of hear your, your passion, your dedication to, uh, you know, to making that perfect car and, you know, having achieved that as well. So, uh, you know, congrats on that. Thank you very much, Andy. Um, one question I like to ask my, uh, uh, my guests is um, money, no object. Which Ferrari would you buy? Yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. It would be a Ferrari F50. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and explain yeah. why. I mean, why is, why is that car so special? Um, I mean, there's a few reasons, but 1995 uh, is a good year. That's the like. There's a few reasons. My brother was born in that year. He's 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. Uh, the 1995 F355 is the car that I own, um, and that's kind of you know. And when the the F50 was a statement, the F355 was a statement, and so was the F50. That was when Luca uh, Di Montezemolo came in, mm-hmm. and you know the president for at the time, and. Mm-hmm the chairman or however you want to say, but he came in and he wanted to, he wanted to make sure Ferrari was put on the map. So mm. and the F50, I think does that. I mean, everyone likes the F40 and that was the second model I ever owned. So I have a soft spot for the F40, but if you were to give me the option of an F40 and F50, I'd take the F50 any day. Yeah. I can totally understand that. I know somebody um, here in London who has both and the F50 yeah. is definitely his favorite. Um, yeah. You, you know, can't beat it. V12. It's a, it's a V12 engine. Um, that was derived from F1. Yeah. Like it's literally, you know, other than displacement change and obviously things to do for reliability, but that car, mm. you could say, is from a 1989, 1990 Alain Prost F1 car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, you know, we- what, 
know, you can't yeah, say no, that about anything else. No, it's true. It's true. In fact, we did an article. It just remi- reminded me about a, an article that we did about the F50, um, saying that it's one of the greatest Ferraris, or possibly the greatest Ferrari ever made. Because, you know, yeah. as you mentioned, it's based on an F1 car. It's a manual gearbox. Um, it's open roofed. You know, limited edition. I mean, there's so many things. Um, yeah. and, you know, and I like the fact that it's polarizing as well. Like it was underrated. Yeah. For, for so long and I never underrated that car I always liked that car mm-hmm. and no matter what anyone said about that car I'd always stand by it and I haven't driven one I've sat in one yeah. but um, if I if money no object that's the car that is a great choice I have to say fantastic thank you Elliot uh, thank you very much for your time I really appreciate you sharing uh, your story with us and um, you know we'll be putting some uh, pictures of your vehicle on uh, the show notes as well so uh, listeners oh, can uh, check it out and also we'll uh, attach a link to the um, to the original thread on this car um, so oh, they can go through uh, I think it's over 30 pages now is that right yeah something like that yeah yeah so uh, yeah it's an amazing journey that um, you know you've been through so uh, you know and and considering it's all happened in the last two years as well two and a half years that's um, um, that's that's pretty cool I have to say yeah it's been a lot of work no definitely definitely Elliot thanks very much appreciate it thank you Andy firstly I just want to say thank you Elliot for your time Uh, really appreciate it because you know I learned so much in that there's so much there that I've learned over the years but there's so much that I wish I had known right at the beginning when I first got into cars Um, and certainly when I first bought my first Ferrari so thanks very much for sharing all that with us Let us know what you think, guys. If you really found that useful, if you want to hear more episodes like this or like other episodes, then do let us know. Uh, We have uh, an insight into the 360 Modena next week um, with uh, an owner of a a 360 who's owned his car for, I think it's about 12 years or so. Um, So, um, you know, long-time owner of a 360 previously owned a 355 and a 348 before that so he he you know he's very much into the brand very much into the cars you know he's owned them for a number of years and he really knows his stuff so he's going to be sharing his insights on the 360 Modena with us in next week's episode but do give us some feedback i mean it'll really help us you can drop us an email uh, just send us an email to info at ferrarihub.com and we'll pick that up just give us any suggestions uh, it will all help us in knowing in which direction we should take the podcast or which direction we should take the website even so definitely drop us a line it'll be lovely to hear from you once again today's sponsor is something that i get asked about a lot and that is who i use for my hosting i recommend Bluehost and the reason why I recommend them is because I use them myself. They're incredibly easy to set up. Uh, They have a one-click automatic WordPress installation and it really is as simple as just one click. You can host multiple domains on them and there's no need to pay for any extras when you decide to increase the number of websites that you're hosting with them. They have outstanding customer service and they're one of the companies that actually say yeah you can give us a call which is kind of handy sometimes. Their performance is great. The speed and the uptime is seamless. It's, it's always up, it's always running. The control panel itself is very easy to use and they have various hosting plans and pricing, depending on what your requirements are. If you want to know more, just simply go to ferrarihub.com forward slash Bluehost. If you choose to use our link, we will receive a commission, but it's at no cost to yourself and it all helps to keep the podcast and sites running. That's all for now. Ciao.